Yusuf alayhi salam, we all know, was abducted from his home as a young boy. As a young boy, by his brothers, those that he considered his closest protectors. Wouldn't you hold the biggest grudge against your brother if he did that to you? He took you and threw you down the bottom of a well. Wouldn't you hold not any grudge but the greatest grudge? Wouldn't you? Yusuf alayhi salam went through many tests as a result of being abducted from his home. Because as a result of being in the well, he was taken as a slave. And as a result of being taken, this was harmful. And as a result of being taken as a slave, he was transported to Egypt and sold as a slave. And this was harmful. And as a result of this, he was forced to live in a home of shirk and home of no morals. And this was harmful. And as a result of this, he was tested with adultery. And this was harmful. And Allah protected him. And as a result of this, he was thrown into prison. And this was harmful. Harm after harm after harm after harm. And the scholars of tafsir say, Yusuf alayhi salam, between his abduction and being reunited with his family, went through more than 40 years. Which means, Yusuf alayhi salam was in his 50s when Allah reunited him with his brothers. So Yusuf alayhi salam meets his brothers and they are in regret. And what does Yusuf alayhi salam immediately say? لا تثريب عليكم اليوم يغفر الله لكم He says, there's no harm for you today. There's no blame upon you today. Allah will forgive you. وهو أرحم الراحمين And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful of all those who show mercy. سبحان ربي الأعلى If it was you and I, and we the minister of Egypt, and these culprits walked in, immediately would have arrested them and thrown them into prison. Not so? Years, decades of injustice. Because of their injustice. But immediately when he sees them, and he sees them in regret, he says, لا تثريب عليكم اليوم You are forgiven. Now, let's see what happens at the end of the story. When Yaqub alayhi salam arrives, Yaqub alayhi salam arrives, and Yusuf alayhi salam praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and says, وَقَدْ أَحْسَنَ بِي إِذْ أَخْرَجَنِي مِنَ السِّجْنِ وَجَاءَ بِكُمْ مِنَ الْبَدْوِ مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ نَزَغَ الشَّيْطَانُ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ إِخْوَتِي Yusuf alayhi salam says after he's reunited with his family and Allah was kind to me. When? When Allah removed me from the prison. Did he say when Allah removed me from the well? Which was more difficult for Yusuf alayhi salam? Going to prison or being thrown into a well? In your view, a young boy around seven years old. Which is more difficult? Being thrown into prison as an adult, when you've chosen prison, or being thrown into the well? Into the well. So why doesn't Yusuf alayhi salam say Allah was good to me when he removed me from the well? Why does he say Allah was good to me when he removed me from prison? Why? Because he forgave and forgot. He forgot about the well. When he told his brothers in a few ayat before, لا تثريب عليكم اليوم There's no blame on you. يغفر الله لكم And Allah will forgive you. So Yusuf alayhi salam exercises this quality of as-suhah. This ability to forgive and forget. لا إله إلا الله May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the qualities of, of his anbiya. عليهم الصلاة والسلام Ameen. Did you understand that point? Naam. Even in his speech, he didn't say when Allah removed me from the well. To show his brothers are forgotten about it. It's done. 
You don't speak about it from today and I'll never speak about it from today. It's not like some of us, we forgive that one day on the golf course, maybe on the ninth hole, with our driver in our hand, the big golf stick, the driver is used to hit the ball long, right? We turn to our playing partner who we might have forgiven many years ago and say, remember, whilst we're waving the big driver in his face, and nowadays they're very big, right? We know that. So we wave it to his face and say, remember that day when you did this, but I forgave you. <laughs> o servants of Allah and O children of Adam, to make us understand the importance of forgiveness, understand that it was a quality of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was his quality. And not only in our sources, the sources before us affirm this as a quality of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiallahu an, anhuma, he says, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah, إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ شَاهِدًا وَمُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا That indeed we have sent you as a witness, and as a giver of glad tidings, and as a warner. He says that these qualities were mentioned in the previous scriptures when they described the qualities of the upcoming Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And know and understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the believers before hijrah towards forgiveness, towards pardoning in many, many ayats. I'm sure you've heard where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاسْفَحْ فَاسْفَحْ عَنْهُمْ وَقُلْ سَلَامٌ خُذِ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ وَأَعْرِضْ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ These are ayat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding the believers to forgive and to pardon. Yes, they're being persecuted. Some of them, their parents were killed. Yes, even though. Huh? He was being, what were the believers being commanded to? Forgiveness. Forgive them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was training the ummah, was training us. And if somebody says that no, they were being commanded to forgive because they were weak, we say la. La, don't say they were, that, that was the case. Have you not heard where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ قِيلَ لَهُمْ كُفُّوا أَيْدِيَكُمْ وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, have you not seen those who were commanded to lower their arms? They were not weak. They were ready, but they were commanded to lower their arms. And they were commanded to observe salah and zakah. So they weren't weak. And that's why Allah commanded them to forgive. Allah was training the ummah. And the scholars say there was great hikmah in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanding the ummah towards forgiveness, towards forgiveness, towards forgiveness. They were persecuted, still forgive. They were sent to Abyssinia, still forgive. Their property was taken, still forgive. They were sanctioned for many years without food and water and trade and medicine, still forgive. La ilaha illallah. This was great training from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The scholars say that from the, the hikmah and wisdom behind this, was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not want a father to fight his son. Because if war broke out here at this early period, people would say that Islam teaches sons to fight their fathers. Because we know that there were families where the children were Muslim and the fathers were still stuck upon the way of Abdul Muttalib, the way of the Quraysh. From the wisdoms as explained by the ulama, was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was training the ummah to be, to be patient. Because if you can be patient upon your own adversities, you can be patient upon the adversities of others. La ilaha illallah. So Allah commands towards forgiveness in many ayats. In the most difficult of circumstances. And not because the Muslims were weak. Instead they were able. They had Hamza radiallahu anh. They had Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anh. 
And we know that when Umar accepted Islam and he went to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, alasna ala al-haq, are we not upon the haq? And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Bala, yes we are. He says, why are we observing salah in secret? Instead, we will march to the haram and observe salah there. Right? This was at a time when the Muslims were being persecuted. And they marched. And the, the heads of the Quraysh from Darul Nadwa, they looked on and they saw the Muslims coming in one file to the Kaaba to observe Salah. And they said, should we observe harm on them? And somebody said, la. What harm can you observe on a group of people flanked by Hamza and Umar radiallahu anhum? They were capable, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded towards forgiveness. This quality of forgiveness was the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aisha radiallahu anha says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not obscene, was not obscure with his words. She says that he used to forgive and pardon. To make us understand further, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, why it is important to forgive, then understand that it is a means of increasing your rank in the hereafter. There's a problem in society today. Today, if we don't redeem ourselves, society tells us you're weak. Society tells us you're a coward. Society tells us you're not a man. And I spoke to, to, to the students at the university today, and I said we need to become people who critique current thought processes, not people who accept it part and parcel. We need to critique it. We need to benchmark it against the teachings of the Sharia. If it matches, we'll accept. If it doesn't, we will reject. Because we have been given the greater DNA and roadmap, which is the DNA of the Sharia. Today, you don't want to tread the path of forgiveness. Why? You'll be weak. Your ego will be damaged. I won't forgive my family member for what they've done. I will make them pay for this harm. Why? Because they should know that I'm not weak. La ilaha illallah. By Allah, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, strength is in following the sunnah. Strength is in following the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Was Abu Bakr weak when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to forgive? And the ulama say that when Abu Bakr received these ayat, immediately he said, Bala wallah, indeed I love for Allah to forgive me. And he continued spending on misfah until his death, la ilaha illallah. Was he weak? By Allah he was not weak. He was a man of strength. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala man tawada'a lillah rafa'ahu Allah the one who humbles themselves for the sake of Allah you forgive someone even though they wrong rafa'ahu Allah Allah will increase you in rank and in another narration Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah increases the honor of a slave who forgives and we're all looking for honor our problem is our paradigms have shifted we're looking for honor in the wrong places. Honor is found in following the Quran and the Sunnah. From the benefits of forgiveness, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love you. If you want Allah to love you, make forgiving others part and parcel of your DNA. Have you not read the ayah in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the believers to march forth towards a jannah that has a width 
which is greater than the heavens and the earth. La ilaha illallah. A jannah that has been prepared for the muttaqun. Who are the muttaqun, ya Allah? Who are the ya Allah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الذين ينفقون في السراء والضراء والكاظمين الغيظ والعافين عن الناس والله يحب المحسنين Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the muttaqun are those who spend in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during times of ease and during times of difficulty وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْضِ And they are those that suppress their anger when they become angry. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Look at the strong man, the one who suppresses his anger when he becomes angry. وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And they forgive others who harm them. They forgive others who have made mistakes. They forgive others who have wronged them. What does Allah say? وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And Allah loves the doers of good. So if you want Allah to love you, be a doer of good. And if you want to do good, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that you should forgive others. We just spoke just now about being a, co- a coward. And we spoke just now about being weak, did we not? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدُ بِالسُرْعَةِ The strong man is not the one who can wrestle. He's not the strong wrestler. The strong man is the man who can suppress his anger when he becomes angry. This is it, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam. From the benefits of forgiving is that the angels will love you as well. For when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you, and we just discussed the ayah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls Jibreel and tells Jibreel, O Jibreel, I love this person. And he commands Jibreel to love this person. And when Jibreel descends through the heavens, all the angels ask him, what did Allah tell you? They all want to know. And Jibreel says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, he loves fulan and he's commanded me to love him. So I've loved him. And the angels say, because you've loved him, we've loved him also. La ilaha illallah. So from the benefits of forgiving is that you earn the love of the angels. And from the benefit of forgiving, O servants of Allah, is that you earn the love of the creation of Allah on the face of this earth. For when the creation of the skies love you, then that love descends into the hearts of the people on the face of this earth. I'm sure you know of people who you don't know, but you love them for the sake of Allah. Right or wrong? You know of people. Allah has given them acceptance. You love them for the sake of Allah. And this is a sign of the love permeating from the heavens onto earth. La ilaha illallah. So we've discussed many benefits of forgiving. In summary, it's from the names of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's from the qualities of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's a means of earning the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a means of earning the love of the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a means of earning the love of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth. It's a means of us having our ranks increase in the hereafter. La ilaha illallah. Now, let me share with you a closer reason why you should forgive. Right? A worldly reason. Whenever this, our ulama tell us that whenever you teach somebody, give them spiritual reasons and give them physical reasons. Because they also have minds, right? And where did the ulama learn this from? They learned it from Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, may Allah gather us with him in Jannah, and Abu Bakr, and all the sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ameen. When he was dying, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, a young boy entered upon him, and this boy had his lower garment hanging below his ankles. 
Now we're talking about Umar radiallahu an bleeding to death. And Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an meets this boy. And as this boy turns around to depart, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an says, Yabna akhi, O son of my brother, irfa' thawbak, lift your lower garments. فَإِنَّهُ أَتْقَى لِرَبِّكَ For indeed it is of more piety to your Rabb, to your Lord. وَأَبْقَى لِثَوْبِكَ And it will allow your thawb to last longer. <laughs> right? He gave him a spiritual reason and a physical reason. It's closer to your Rabb and it will allow your thawb to last longer. If it drags on the floor, it will tear quickly. Right? So let's talk about a, sp- a physical reason, something close to you and I. The benefits of forgiving. If you forgive my dear brothers and sisters, inshallah it will be a means of protecting yourself from triple bypasses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us from this operation. We all know when you grow older and your arteries become clogged, what happens? You need to go for an operation, a bypass operation. And how many times today do we hear of a Muslim undergoing a triple bypass? Yes, it's got to do with diet. Yes, it's got to do with stress. But stress is also caused by fighting with people and not forgiving them. When you forgive them, your heart becomes at peace. Your blood pressure lowers. You become a happy person and you smile more. And it's sunnah to smile. Smile. Allah, practice a sunnah. <laughs> the camera is facing me, not you, don't worry. Nobody will see you smile, although you all have beautiful smiles, mashallah. So these are the reasons, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us people of forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us people of forgiveness. Now, this talk wouldn't be complete if we didn't discuss how do we earn the abilities to forgive others. Right or wrong? How do we earn this ability? Now, I was thinking about this and on my way here to this particular talk, I jotted a few points uh, on paper and inshallah I still have them in my mind. Islam teaches us how to develop qualities of al-afu and as-safah. These qualities that Allah commanded Abu Bakr radiallahu an towards. And the qualities of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the qualities of Yusuf alayhi salam. The scholars say that we should become people that don't allow ourselves to drown in the heat of moments when we become angry. In the Arabic language, this is known as al-istighraq fi al-lahdati al-hadira. Al-istighraq fi al-lahdati al-hadira. Drowning in the heat of the moment. We become angry and we let the moment get the better of us, so bang, you divorce your wife. This is, this is a result of not forgiving. And some people think they men. Right? Like one of our mashayikh said to us, that once a person was troubling his wife, and his wife told him, you're not a man. You're not a man. If you're a man, divorce me. He says, you're saying I'm not a man. I'm a man, you divorced. Then he went into regret and he went to the sheikh. The sheikh said, you're not a man. You divorced her, you're not a man. You were a man if you didn't. We drown in the heat of the moments. And we've seen how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people of Jannah are those who suppress their anger when they become angry. Don't allow yourself to drown in the heat of the moment. Let your iman guide you when somebody upsets you. Let your iman, sometimes we become emotional, right? And we always have this discussion. Should we think with our mind? Or should we think with our heart? And the answer to that question is, let your mind govern your heart. And let the sharia govern your mind. 
Some people think with their mind and the mind takes them astray. Our mind has intellect, but we should use our mind behind the screen of the Sharia. The Sharia governs and ties this mind. And that's why the mind is called Al-Aqal. Al-Aqal in the Arabic language refers to something tied. The mind is tied. It doesn't do anything and everything. The mind doesn't do everything and anything. Rather, the mind does that which is right. Allah says, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Allah has inspired this nafs. Right? The nafs, the body and the soul, Allah has inspired it to know good from bad. So our mind is tied. And when we become emotional, we should let our mind come in and understand right from wrong. And understand that we are believers and we are people from iman and we should suppress anger. Suppress anger. The next way, O servants of Allah, to attain forgiveness in your life is to practice something known as empathy. Do you know what empathy means? Empathy refers to walking in the other person's shoes. If somebody comes to you and asks for forgiveness, reverse the situation. Think as if you harmed them and you asking for forgiveness. What would you love them to do for you? This is empathy. And this helps us forgive others. It's important. We have to discuss this. Right? We have to, this talk won't be complete unless we discuss some ideas to develop this quality of al-afu. Because we're not here to entertain. I don't want it to be, and should never be, for any talk that you go to, that, you know, we came to because the speaker is entertaining. He's a powerful speaker. So we came to listen to his talk, for example. It should never be the case. You should, you should, and this is a footnote, I'm going off topic, but this is something which needs to be said. It needs to be said. We need to become people who run to the ilm, not run to people and personalities. The inheritance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is all the hype we need. We don't need to market so heavily a personality which is the way of Western ideology and consumerization that we've become accustomed to, to cause people to enter the masjid to listen to a talk. By Allah, we need to nurture the ummah to respect the knowledge. For the knowledge is what made the person. Not the person who made the knowledge. Understand this. It's not the speaker who made the knowledge. By Allah, if any speaker deserves respect, it's because of the knowledge which Allah gave him. It's the knowledge that made him. So whenever you hear there's a topic or there's a dars or there's a lesson, don't be quick to ask who's the sheikh. Is he someone who has many thousand people on his Facebook page? And is someone who cracks a lot of jokes in his talks? Someone who's going to entertain us? He can do stand-up comedy? La, by Allah. Your intentions are wrong. We're not here to be entertained, we're here to learn. We're here to learn. We're here to listen to that which we need to know, not that which we want to know. Or that which we need to hear, not that which we want to hear. This is a footnote to the talk. The topic is not about how to seek knowledge, but alhamdulillah, you're all here and it's an important topic. Right? And in this point needs to be reminded. And I'm not sure if any speaker has shared this with you. If they have, this is a reminder. If they haven't, this is a lesson. Whenever there's a topic, flock out of your homes. Why? Because the inheritance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is there. That's why we're leaving home. That is the biggest hype. That is the biggest hype. If Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was coming, wouldn't we run to him? We would. But he's not coming. But alhamdulillah, he left us this knowledge. And I was speaking to some of the brothers today and I said, make it a policy of marketing the ilm and not the personality. May Allah subhanahu this is a talk for another day and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant it. But the point why I've said it is we need to discuss ways to introduce al-afwa in our life. Otherwise this talk would not be complete. It would not be complete. We have to have a tangible 
benefit from this talk. When you go home today, you have to go home with something tangible, more than just an iman boost. I know we have iman boost sessions. We say, Wallahi, we're on an iman high. And then when this lecturer goes, the iman goes as well. And it's true. How many masjid talks have we come to? Some, and, and I say this to some of our fellow du'at. I say, mashallah, you visited the city so many times. What change have you seen in there? Which demands us to change our approach. We have to have a change in methodology as well, right? Every organization measures the metrics to understand how successful the organization is or not. In our da'wah, we need to have the metrics as well. We've visited this community many times. Has it been a case where we visit them to say, mashallah, the masjid was full when I went and that's it? Wal-iyadu billah? La. And for you all as well to go home and for you to say, wallahi, we went and it was a powerful talk? La. Wal-iyadu billah. There shouldn't be no discussion about the mannerism of the talk. Rather, it should be what inheritance we picked up today from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's inheritance and what we are going to do to implement it in our life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this understanding. Ameen. Ameen. So, O servants of Allah, don't drown in the heat of the moment, number one. Number two, empathy. Number three, spread the salam. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When you see someone who you have some shaitan has placed something in your heart against him, that's the person go and greet him with the biggest greeting. For the Prophet said, Afshu salam Spread the salam between yourselves. This salam is a means of earning the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this salam is a means of extinguishing the fire in your heart and maybe the heart of the person you're greeting. It's true, isn't it? How many times have we felt something against someone and they greeted us and khalas. We've greeted back. Wa alaykum salam. And look at the salam. Wa alaykum salam. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaykum. May the peace and blessings of Allah. Wa rahmatullah. And the mercy of Allah. Wa barakatuh. And the blessings of Allah be upon you. Who can be angry with you after this? <laughs> right? So spread the salam. The salam is not just a greeting, it's a dua. So in, inculcate within your life the spreading of the salam, especially to those family members who you might have something against. Especially to those work colleagues who you might have something against. Spread the salam. Another point, O servants of Allah, work with the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as Islam has asked us to work with them. Don't work with them based on their character. Be, work with them based on the character of Islam. What does this mean? Today many times we find that on the day of Eid, we say, you know what? They gave my child 10 riyals last Eid, so I'm going to give them 10 riyals as well. We came from Umrah, they visited me, so I'll visit them, I'll visit them as well, when they went for Umrah. Tit for tat. Isn't it? If they phone me, I'll phone them. But why don't you phone your akhi? Allah, he doesn't phone me. Go and tell him to phone me. Right? We've become petty. We work with other people based on their character. By Allah, work with them with the character of Islam. Did Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa work with people based on their character? Did he? When he went to Ta'if and they stoned him, and they filled his shoes with his blood, and the angel came to him and said, that the order is standing. It just needs your go-ahead. And these two mountains will crush these people for what they did to you. What did he do, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? What did he do? He made dua for them. This is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at his weakest moment. Wallahi, in some narrations he said, the most difficult time for me was when I went for to, to Ta'if. 
Did he not say after Ta'if, Allahumma inni ashku ilayka da'fa quwwati? Ya Allah, I complain to you the weaknesses of my ability. وَقِلَّةَ حِيلَةِ And my inability وَهَوَانِ in the nas And my weakness in front of them. This was when he was making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The most difficult time in his life by Allah. He said, no. They don't know. Perhaps their generations will be believers. And by Allah, today Ta'if is full of Muslims. Of great character. And these people are the progeny of those who stoned Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They enjoy being the people who fell underneath the dua of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La ilaha illallah. Amazing. Work with people, ya ikhwan, wa ya akhawat. Work with them based on the character of Islam. Nothing of this tit-for-tat attitude. Nothing for this tit-for-tat attitude. By Allah, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with us based on tit-for-tat, we would, nothing would exist. Nothing would exist. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَوْ يُؤَاخِذُ اللَّهُ النَّاسَ بِمَا كَسَبُوا مَا تَرَكَ عَلَى ظَهْرِهَا مِنْ دَابَّةٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that if Allah held us accountable for every single mistake and sin that we did, nothing would walk the face of this earth. Subhanallah, the punishment would be so severe that no insect could survive, no animal could walk this earth, no grass could grow. La ilaha illallah. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. If Allah held us accountable for every single mistake, so O servant of Allah and O child of Adam, why have you become an accountant in holding people accountable for every single mistake of theirs? I say to you, my dear brothers, my dear sisters, forgive and forget. And start by forgiving your family members. I know that if you sat down now and you contemplated, you will think of someone in your family who you don't have a good relationship with. Somebody who you've been distant from for years. Someone who you haven't spoken to in a long time. Someone who might have hurt you. Someone who might have harmed you. Someone who you choose not to visit on the day of Eid. And choose not to call on the day of Eid, this day of unity. I'm telling you, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, as a fruit from this talk, as following the inheritance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I implore you, I ask you, each and every one of you sitting here, and everyone at home watching, I implore you and ask you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for the sake of Allah subhanahu, if you can't do it for yourself, and you can't do it for your brother, then do it for the sake of Allah. Pick up the phone and call them. Pick up the phone and call them. And ask them how they are. You don't have to bring about the past, but initiate something. And by Allah, Allah will raise you in ranks in this dunya and akhirah, inshaAllah. Take this as a fruit, O servants of Allah. We're all looking for increased sustenance in our life. We're all looking for a longer life, right? We're all looking for this increased sustenance. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ أَحَبَّ لَهُ فِي رِزْقِهِ وَيُنْسَأَ لَهُ فِي أَجَلِهِ in another riwayah, man ahabba ayyubsata lahu fi rizqihi, wa yunsa'a lahu fi athari, falyasil rahimah. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that whoever wishes for Allah to increase his rizq, his financial standing and material well-being, and wishes for Allah to grant him barakah in his life, then let him mend his family relations. Let him mend his family relations. If you're looking for a job, or you want a better job, then start by mending your family relations, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam. I've taken much of your time. 
discussing this topic of forgiveness by Allah, there's so much else we can discuss. But inshallah, I hope that in the few words shared, the importance of the topic has become clear. And in the few words shared, we feel inspired to make a difference. We feel inspired to make a difference. For the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is an active and proactive ummah. We're not an ummah that hears something and we leave it hidden. We're not an ummah that sees a problem and we shove it under the carpet. By Allah, we're not. We're an ummah that is active and proactive. We learn and we act. We join between al-ilm and al-amal. We learn and we act. And we don't delay in our acting. For the angel of death could be sitting right next to us. Today at the university, I asked the children, the students, a question. And I said, O oh, servants of Allah, which one of you here, for a billion dollars, can take a qasam, can take an oath, can swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the next breath I'm supposed to breathe, I will breathe. Which one of us here can do it? No one can do that. Can you challenge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Does this make you realize in whose hands your life is? This should make you understand that one second is too much. Don't waste any time. Immediately, as soon as you walk out of here, pick up your phones. Alhamdulillah, we live in an age of communication, information technology, and ease of communication. Phone this person and say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? Are you well? I apologize for the sudden nature of this call. Inshallah, I will phone you at, at a time which is more suitable to you. But I just wanted to pass you salam and check how you're doing. By Allah, that call, that one call might be the reason why you'll enter Jannah tomorrow. That one call. It, you only need to do one act in your life for the sake of Allah, for Allah to decree you to be from the people of Jannah. Hada wallahu a'lam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of forgiveness. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to forgive people as many times as we like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. If you ask me, how many times must I forgive my family member? And how many times must I forgive people who wrong me? I tell you, forgive them as many times as you love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us many times. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us death whilst He's pleased with us. May Allah grant us a place underneath His arsh on the day of Qiyamah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us in Jannah in the same way He has gathered us here today. Ameen. Everything correct said is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He is perfect. And any mistakes are from myself and shaitan. And I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'i. Jazakumullahu khairan.